Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer, and today we have a unique episode. A few months ago, I had the privilege of being on the United Basketball and Leadership podcast. In fact, that was one of their first episodes, which was pretty cool. And Matt Smith, who interviewed me, was kind enough to share the audio from that interview so that I could put it on the Coach's Edge. In that interview, he asked me how I got my start in player and program development, as well as some of my coaching philosophy. So a big shout out to United Basketball and Leadership Podcast for everything that they've done within the game of basketball. Make sure to check out their clinics as well. I'll put their contact information in the show notes. They are as good as anybody. And as you listen to this episode, I hope that it gives you a little better idea of what I'm all about and how I got my start. Let's get it. Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, our truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were gonna take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. I want to welcome Steve Kramer to the United Basketball Podcast. How you doing, Steve? Coach, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I've been, you know, following you for a few years now since uh, you had me speak at one of your clinics, and I love what you're doing, growing the game, sharing the game in a positive way, and I'm excited to be on your podcast. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, the the first Hoosier Gym Clinic um, in Nicetown, Indiana, that was a good time. Doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's been several years. That was a fun time. Been a couple of years. Phenomenal, phenomenal facility. Yeah, it was. I, I hope we get that clinic in this year. It's on the calendar. I, I really hope we get it in. Um, Steve, you run Kramer basketball. You're a player development coach who has a wide variety of uh, aspects to your your uh, business. Um, you are multi-level business. Let me re-say that. I'll cut that out. All right, I'm going to pause a second. Okay, I'll cut that yep. out. Steve, you run Kramer Basketball, and I definitely want to dive into all that you do because you have a website, you do player development, you run camps, you offer many different things where a player can learn from you. But before we dive into all that, just tell us a little bit about your basketball journey and what led you to where you are today. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, if, if you would have told me 10 years ago I was doing this for a living, I'd have said you're crazy. Um, you know, I was still playing basketball in Europe at the time which was also a surprise if you had told me I was playing basketball in Europe as a job 10 years prior to that. I probably also told you uh, you were crazy. My, my whole dream was to be a teacher and a high school basketball coach. And so um, that, that was kind of my plan going through high school. I was fortunate enough to play college basketball. And kind of about halfway through my, my college career, I was playing in some pro-ams against some some guys that play basketball overseas and that was their job and uh, competing against them. I was like, I might be, I might be at the level that 
that I could do this uh, and get paid enough that it's, it's just my job. It's what I do. Um, and then after graduating uh, from Hope College, which I had a you know, successful career there, degree in education, uh, one team offered me a contract to, to go overseas. And then, you know, it's about making the most of that kind of first contract opportunity that you get, especially coming from a small college. You're only going to get one chance if you get any. So you got to make the, the right. most of it. Um, and then after playing over there, it was back to being in education and being a high school basketball coach. So I went back into that for two years. I was our assistant high school basketball coach to the same coach that I played for, Hall of Fame coach Mark Gainforth. I was running the school's youth basketball program, doing whatever I could um, while I was in the educational system. And as a couple years went by, uh, I started to develop even a more, more of a passion for teaching the game. And when the light bulb really went on was I started getting contacted from other high school coaches who were seeing what I was doing. Because, uh, you know, occasionally we'd put something on Facebook or there were a few friends that had coached and they'd known kind of what I was, what I was up to. Um, I ran one basketball camp on my own throughout the summer and then I was, I was coaching with our school. And so they started asking me to come and do what I was doing with their program. And uh, so that went on for about a year and a half. And I was like, man, I'm not really even trying to do this full time. But I think if I dedicated myself to it full time, then I could make a living out of it. And uh, now I've been doing it for just over six years. Nice. So your busy time, I'm expecting, is the summer and the off season, correct? Yeah, we usually get ramped up in March, and then it, um, once kind of mid-November hits, it starts to you know teeter off a, a little bit. Um, and then during the winter is kind of when I concentrate more on the youth basketball level. Uh, so we'll run youth basketball leagues, youth basketball programs, and then that's when I do a lot of mo- the work um, online as far as consulting players and coaches around predominantly the Midwest. Okay, so let's talk about the camps for a second, and then we'll kind of delve into everything. So when you offer a camp, you, you're based in South Carolina now, yep. correct? And you go to the Midwest where your home is, and you have a lot of contacts. So when you run a camp, is it co-ed? Is it a certain age group? Do you do multiple uh, camps? And what, ex- what should a, a child expect to learn if they attend one of your camps? So from uh, the business aspect, I run what I call private camps and clinics and open camps and clinics. And so the, the open camps and clinics are open to the public. Athletes can come from any school. You know, generally that means me renting out uh, a school or a community center gym and then offering that to the public. And then our, our private camps are when a high school coach like yourself would say, Steve, wants you to come in for two days, three days. These are some things that we want you to work on with our entire program. And then I would, I would do that. Um, But very skill specific uh, instruction. You know, we have shooting camps, we have attack skills camps, game situation camps. Um, I'm a pretty detail oriented guy. um, So I really like to offer uh, instruction that is kind of honed in on a certain a dynamic of the game and, and we can really get into that aspect uh, for a few days um, and then I'd say probably about 40% of the athletes that I work with are girls so it's close to 50-50 
Um, and a lot of all the open camps that I run are co-ed. And then the closed camps that I run for high school coaches, it's obviously up to them and what they want to do. Right. Absolutely. That, that's good. You mentioned uh, the attack skills portion of your curriculum, and I was on your website earlier hearing you talk about that. Talk a little bit more, more about that, because I'm assuming in this day of dribble drive basketball, where, in, like, for example, in my region in northwest Georgia last season, we were the only school that did not run dribble drive. So, and I think kids love learning that style. When I played high school basketball and such, it was make five passes, do this type of stuff. Like you never thought about attacking the rim. And today you're going to sit the bench if you can't attack the rim. So talk right. about if a, if a kid comes in, they're not very uh, good at this skill yet. How do you teach your attack skills? And what, what details do you focus on when, when teaching a guy or girl? Yeah, so those camps are um, probably our most popular camp as far as what um, coaches will ask me to come in and help implement with their kids. Um, or if I just run an, an open camp, we get a lot of interest from them. Uh, because, again, it's, it's kind of an attractive style of play. Um, yeah. I was a point guard and a shooting guard you know, my, my whole life. And so handling the basketball against pressure, breaking down the defense, trying to create for others, whether it's you know, score yourself, draw fouls, whatever it might be, was what I had to do as a player. And um, so being able to offer that in different ways to the, to the community, wherever it is that we're working with, it is pretty big. Now, how we, how we break it down is a really good question. And a lot of it is structured in a way where it would basically be a block to a randomized coaching instruction. And so uh, what I mean by that is if, if we have uh, a player that comes in and they need to hone in on specific skills and they haven't mastered any of those skills yet, we're really going to try to break it down piece by piece by piece by piece. Um, but we'll also work with a lot of players that they, they may have very good technique and, and a solid sound skill set, but they haven't gotten enough of uh, the game action, game type reps. You know, small sided games are um, a really kind of catchy term in, in basketball right now. Right. And so being able to see what the needs are of the specific group that we're working with, we can still accomplish what we want. But you know, I think that's an important thing for, for any coaches. Even if I'm running a specific camp, it can't be so structured to the point that I'm forgetting about what kids I'm working with. Everything is dependent on, on what their needs are, how we can serve them best, and then we're going to work our way through uh, our program as we go through. Now, with that said, we got a whole online program of specific skills that are built up in progressions. And as our players advance through you know, our online training system, we want them to have these different skills master right, yeah. a lot of that's based on footwork um there's a lot of familiarity and movement within basketball as far as as far as your footwork so if you can rep out certain types of footwork the game's going to be that much much easier as far as you know different lunge variations um cross step loading off the side of your foot like a lot of kids when they move they'll always step back before they go forward mm -hmm. that's useful but not it's not always useful like right. there's times where we want to push to the left in order to get to the right without taking a false step backward. And so being able to break some of those things down individually or online, uh, those specifics are a really big part of what we try to do in, in that specific program. Right. And I'm assuming in this, you have a, a you uh, teach the different types of finishes. Um, what are some of the, 
main finishes that you would focus on for a varsity level player? Yeah, so when it comes to finishing, uh, a lot of it also comes into what's that player's uh, body type, what's their, their style, how are they going to play, and then you can almost put a package together that best fits them, right? So, like, Steph Curry is not going to finish like uh, a LeBron or a, a Kawhi Leonard, right? right. you got to have a different package based on your body type and what your skill set is, All, and also based on – you know, with that skill set, what are those strengths that you have? Like if, if you're a shooter, then you're probably going to have a lot of hard closeouts where it's, it's quicker going to the basket. And it might include a lot of floater or runner type finishes, right? Where, where if you're more of a, a bulky player and you're not getting a lot of those hard closeouts where you have an immediate advantage going to the rim, a lot of those types of finishes are going to be more contact type finishes. Um, and so what we want our players to understand is, you know, what, what's some of your body type? What are your strengths and weaknesses as a player? And now we can help you decide, you know what, you're going to want to really finish more so off of, of two feet in a lot of situations. Or right. For you, there's some, some one-foot finishes that would be a little more beneficial to you. You want to have a, a variety of, of skills in your game. You know, I, I would like all our players to be able to finish with either hand off either foot on both sides of the basket. Right. And if, and if you get a, a youth player in, if you can't dribble with your weak hand and make layups with either hand, we're not moving any farther than that. Like we got to, you know, we're not doing any fancy, tricky stuff. You got to master some of those things. Then, you know, what I say is the better you get, then the, the more we can expand out of it. But it's, it's very personalized towards, towards players. But I think, um, you know, change of direction finishes – such as like the spin pickup, uh, a pro hop, your own sidestep are very effective. I think they're used in the wrong situation a lot of times by young kids because they think it looks cool. Um, yeah. But if you use it in the right situation, oftentimes it is the, it is the best move. It just kind of depends. No, that's good. And I th- as talking to you, I can definitely tell you have a background of an educator and you were a teacher because I've talked to, again, I've been coaching for quite a few years, but Rarely have I talked to a player development coach or a trainer or a coach and they talk about uh, body type. They talk about not, it's not a one shoe fits all type perspective. And sometimes you do that. You go to a camp and I've worked these camps before where it didn't matter if you were five, four or six, three, you're doing the exact same stuff, but it wasn't realistic to game like situations. And what I see a lot of as I, um, see training videos on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever the means may be. I see a lot of things going on that I'm like, I just don't, I've been coaching 17 years. I may have seen that happen in a game 10 times and we're, (laughs) and I don't want players focused on not that you should be able to meet those moments. Like you're going to have big moments in games where you've got to make plays. I'm not saying you don't need to be prepared for that, but it sounds like you focus on what happens often and you set kids up for success based on what what position they are, guard, forward, wing, shooting arc, et cetera. But I think it's very good that you you take into body type, but that's very interesting. I haven't heard uh, too many people or anyone talk about that before. So I, I think that definitely when a when I when I think about what you said, it's like you have a curriculum that each player can kind of leave with, or a or a like this is just focused on you, John. 
and, and you can leave the camp and you can take these skills to work on in your driveway or in your gym or when you get some time to work out. Yeah. So like another good example with that would be, uh, let's say, let's say you work on a lot of ball screens. And so there's plenty of ball screen reads that you could teach. Right. But if I have, uh, say a Ben Simmons body type or a magic Johnson body type, my body is my advantage, right? The chances are the player that's guarding me is smaller and not as strong as I am. So as I set up that ball screen, it's going to be an advantage for me to body my defender to the spot that I want him. Now, if you're Kyrie Irving or Steph Curry, right. that's a big time disadvantage, right? Because now it's flipped and that player guarding you is probably stronger than you are and pushing you around. So now your setup to come off a ball screen is going to be create separation, right? And so those are, those are just, just an example of stuff that we try to break down with our athletes, you know, body type, style of play. Okay, so here's some things that, that you're going to want to do that are going to make you a little bit more successful compared to the player right next to you who's still coming off a ball screen and we still want to perform, you know, be able to perform different passes and finishes, but maybe it's the setup. and We want to change the setup based on that specific, you know, body type and skill set. Right. So a high school coach contacts you and wants Kramer basketball to come work with their program. I would assume you would talk with that coach about the team, the offense they run, exactly what he wants them to learn. And not just game the film, wolves. game yeah. film, everything, everything. I, if, if somebody bring, wants me to come in, it's, you know, give me as much information as you possibly can about your team. Cause I'm going to study your team before I come. Right. And make sure you let me know, you know, who are those numbers out on the court that are returning? Which one's graduated? What are you trying to fill for the next year? Yeah, and then what, what do you want me to come in and, and work on, right? So if you want, you want me to help you implement uh, an, ice, an ice defense in the half court, right? If you, maybe you don't want me to teach defense at all. You really love your defense, but, you know, your, your players are really good at uh, shooting, but it's the decision-making that we need, to, we need to work on, then we'll do that. And, you know, it's a good example is, like, we'll work with, for example, we'll go to maybe a more rural area, and we'll, we'll work with a program and they may have very good uh, technique, a solid understanding of the skills of the game. And so when I come and work with them, I wouldn't be getting their best bang for the buck if I broke down very detailed shooting mechanics, ball handling technique, footwork, because what they need is exposure to a randomized game situation. And this would be, for example, a school that you know, smaller school, maybe there's a, a give or take a class of 100 in a graduating class. They got kids that play three sports. They're not playing AAU. So they're coachable. They work hard, but they need more of the randomized decision-making instruction so that when the season hits, they're able to execute those things in a game because they're not playing a whole lot of games. And then the next week, I might go to uh, Toledo, Ohio, right, in, in more of a, an urban area with a higher population and they have kids that are playing a ton of AAU basketball and they're playing on a, a, a big circuit throughout the summer. And then they bring me in. Well, I wouldn't be benefiting them at all. If I broke down a bunch of game situations, I'd be benefiting them the most to say, Hey, you know, your reads on these certain things are spot on, but it's your execution of the skill that's lacking. We got to get more reps up in a certain way to, to help you with your shooting mechanics. You know, you're doing, these certain decisions 
that I know you know how to make, but some of the ball handling technique and the footwork is way off. we got to fix that. Or you can just get to the rim. You're, you're reading, you're athletic, but you haven't got nearly enough repetitions in and certain finishes, nor the understanding of what type of finish to use given a certain situation. So we're going to break things down very specific piece by piece. It's all dependent on the group or the player that we work with. Uh, the first example about the school where the classes are about 100 in a rural county and everyone plays two to three sports, that is my job. Those are the type of kids I, I coach. Most of my kids play two sports, a lot play three sports, uh, football, basketball, and we're a big baseball school. So a coach contacts you, it's in the off season. How often do you feel like you need to meet with a team or do you just come in for a week? Like what is that structure like if a coach wants you to work with their team? Before we get back to the rest of the episode, I want to thank you again for listening to the Coach's Edge. You can follow us on Twitter at Coach's Edge One. And if you're interested in our online coaching platform, a one-stop shop for all coaches to help you make your program more successful, be sure to reach out to us. And we look forward to talking to you about how you can take your program to the next level. Back to the episode. Yeah, if it's a if it's a area that I go to often, a lot of times it'll be a, a private a private camp, maybe in the summer. So I'll work with with that team for say three days, um, and then if I have other open events in the area throughout the course of the year, that, that coach is quite likely to send their players back to those events to keep getting uh, coaching from me. And then the 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 big thing is consistent communication. You know, that, that's for any coach, not just in my business. Like you, you have to be able to communicate well with whoever it is, and it has to be consistent. And so, you know, for me, I'd say it's probably 365 days a year that I'm talking to at least one high school coach every day, um, working on keeping a good relationship, but also how things going. How, how, did, how did so-and-so do last night? I know, um, you know, they were getting a box in one, and we talked a little bit about, you know, some ways that they can get, get open when the screens are working um, or, you know, you're playing the upcoming team and they're, they run a real nice run and jump press. You know, how did some of those things we talked about uh, go? And then, you know, we have our online training program. So that's easy for me to be able to send our coaches or players back to and say, Hey, why don't you check this video out? Why don't you look at this one? Again, you're struggling with this. Um, and then those coaches that I work with in the summer, I watch their game film for free. So, um, I, I'm always kind of looking at some things and when they send it to me, they'll ask me to look for a few things, kind of get a little bit of feedback. Not all coaches want that. Like when the season starts and I, I'm totally cool with that. They want like, it's tight myself and my assistants. And right. I, I totally am cool with that. But we have other coaches that are very like, Steve's like a distant part of the coaching family <laughs> and they'll, they'll send me stuff and I'll give them my opinion. And sometimes they'll, you know, they'll take it and sometimes they won't. So you're an, you're an overall program consultant. You can be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a part of kind of how I design my business. Yeah, which, which is very good because I've never, uh, again, spoke with someone who does all that you do. Most guys are just trainers. They do sessions. They do various things. But you have the full conglomerate for sure. And I think it is about the relationships 
you know, you want to build relationships with coaches. And I think that that's one thing that, that is lacking sometimes in basketball is, you know, a trainer or a player development coach takes five or six players from a program and they're working off on the side. They don't ever talk to the head coach. And, and, and again, and I think sometimes there can be trust that is lost when that happens. And, and again, communication is, is the key for all relationships. But I think that's really great that you do that. Now, here's a question I want to ask uh, guys like you who are, have an ultra high skill level, play professional basketball. And I know you stay in great shape and all that, but how do you continue to grow as a player develop, development coach year after year after year and keep your skill, not just your personal skills sharp, but as the game is evolving and changing, how do your techniques change at times and how do you develop yourself? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's probably many of the similar ways that any high school or college coach would, except mine is, is maybe a little more specific, but you know, like, like a college coach, you go to coaches clinics, I go to coaches clinics, you listen to clinics online. So do I, you read books on coaching. So do I podcasts. Uh, yep. I'm listening to those. Um, I, I think a couple more specific things that I do is like, I'm kind of a nerd with this stuff. So like I'll read actual textbooks on, you know, personal training. I'll read textbooks on um, like college textbook on uh, communication relationships. Um, for example, just looked at one those that, that was talking about coach player relationships, coach parent relationships and parent coach relationships and all those different dynamics that come into coaching uh, an athlete. And I'm kind of within that, except I also have the coach to coach relationship. And so I try to do my homework in, in all of those areas, um, just like any other, any other coach would. Um, but I think the biggest benefit, and I feel really lucky, um, but because I've based a lot of what I do on re relationships with coaches is you may bring me in and I may be teaching you a couple things that you asked me to implement within your program. But while I'm there, <laughs> you're going to be peppered with questions from me. I'm going to pick your brain like crazy. I'm going to get a full clinic from you on what you do really, really well. So now I got that. And so now I might go up to Ohio and work with a whole nother program. And there just might happen to be something that they need that I've already picked up from another coach. And so I'm able to, to not only do my own homework, but I'm able to learn quite a bit from all these other coaches that we work with around the U S and in a sense, I can kind of be the middleman uh, of helping everybody out at the same time. Right. No, that's good. That's good. And I'm sure coaches appreciate that when you come in and you, you talk with them and you care about what they're doing. And obviously you want to learn and grow as a coach as well. Um, how has social media or how does social media impact the, the training industry? And again, I know you're not just a, a trainer, but I think it's played a huge role. And again, I, I get on Twitter. I love Twitter and, and Instagram and things like that. But is it a big part of how you make connections with people or do you think there's some detriment to what's on social media sometimes in the area of training and what people are trying to do with kids and workouts? Uh, I think that there can be a detriment. Uh, I think that personally it's probably helped me the more <laughs> negative, maybe other train, like there's some crazy stuff you can see on <laughs> online that trainers are doing. Um, and so they, that makes me look better. I think because, you know, when I'm working with a player, 
I'm looking at it from more of a coach's perspective. Um, I think that's one of the strengths that I have is I was a high school basketball coach. I've coached high school basketball. Um, and I think something that I'd recommend if, if you're in training and your heart's in the right place, like you want, you love basketball, you want to help kids, um, that you coach basketball first before you get into to training. Because as a player, it's very easy to be like, this worked really well for me when I was playing. So my kids that I work with need to be able to, to do this. Well, as, as a coach, you got to figure out how to make all the pieces benefit one another in one cohesive unit. And so that's how I look at the different players that I work with. How can I get them to improve? But at the same time, they better be able to complement the coach and the system that they have in place. Otherwise, they're really going to be button heads. That's not going to be good for either one of them, which doesn't make it good for me. There's some pretty unusual things that you see online. The, maybe the biggest thing that I think might bother me the most is when coaches or trainers or whoever you want to want to call it will teach things that are rarely ever done in the game. Like you may do that move or that shot one time the entire season. Right. And, yeah. And you're like, it looked like you were kind of doing your whole workout on it. I don't know. Right. I didn't see the whole video, but it looks pretty unusual, usual to me. Listen, I want our players to be able to really, really shoot the ball there, especially in today's game. You really want to handle, be able to finish at the rim. And you got to be unselfish. Like any player that, that we work with, right, you, you got to perform for the greater good, which means being unselfish on offense and working your tail off on the defensive end, right? And so, and so that's what I try to make sure that, that our players are doing. Um, for the most part, I don't really follow or keep up on a lot of other trainers. Again, I try to keep up with coaches. What, right. are, the co what are the coaches doing? Right. And then if I can say a lot of the coaches are doing this, this is a common style. Now, not only can I keep up in the coaches that I'm working with, but I can take back to all the players that we work with and say, listen, this is what's going to happen during the season. This is what your coach is offense is running. OK, they, they want you doing this. You want to do something else. Well. That's not going to happen. Right. And so maybe you need to not work with me anymore and find, find somebody else. But there's a high likelihood that you're going to hear the same thing from me as you are from your coach. Right. No, that's good. That's good. And that leads me uh, to the next question, talking about training and other trainers. What advice would you give to a current college player, a current high school player or coach who would like to get into the player development aspect of the game? Because I, I'm sure it's not easy to start off with to, to make it your full-time job. That's very impressive that, uh, that you're able to do that. So what, what advice would you give to someone who in five years would like to be where you are or in 10 years like to be where you are? Uh, number one, you got to be okay with people saying no. Yeah. Be, be okay with people saying no. Um, that, you know, there's plenty of people that I've reached out to, whether they're programs and trying to, trying to get connected with them. And it's no before they've met me. It's no not returning my call, not returning my email, anything like that. And so you got to have uh, some toughness, some thick skin as far as you got to understand not everybody's going to, to want to work with you. Um, and, and that's fine. That's okay. There's a lot of high school coaches out there 
who feel very confident in, in their program and their system, and they want to do their own thing. And I totally re respect that. Um, and so you got to be okay with people saying, saying no, even if <laughs> you could have helped them quite a bit, it doesn't matter. Right. They said, no. Um, another thing is, as I mentioned before, like, let's say you played at a high level, I would definitely, definitely encourage you to get into coaching first, get some coaching experience, whether that's interning at the college that you play for, um, doing something with the local high school team, get some coaching experience so you can have a better idea of how you want to get into individual training. You got to get a better idea of how those individual things fit back in to the team dynamic. And as a, as a former player that played at a, you know, I played at, wasn't great, but I played at a fairly high level. As a player, you can get caught up in yourself, right? Any, anybody who's good at anything has some type of an ego, whether you're a coach, you're a trainer, you're a player, we all got some type of, type of ego. So you have to be able to put some of that aside from who you were as a player and be able to step back and see some of the big picture as a coach. Say, all right, now, if I want to get into player development, I've seen more of a big picture, the structure of a season, how we want to progress athletes, what they're doing a lot. Maybe there's the stuff that I was teaching them. They're rarely ever actually encountering during the season. Possibly the instruction that I thought they needed to learn was way over their head and they don't need to get into anyway because they're just not going to be at that level for maybe years and years down the road. And then the other thing I would recommend is it, if you don't have a background education, that is, that is huge. But it, let's say you didn't go to college and, and, you know, that passion for me is teaching. Like I got a passion for kids. I got a passion for basketball. God willing, I've been able to put them together and create a job out of it. But if you don't have that, do some studying on communication, like read books, do podcasts, go to clinics. It can't be just basketball. And then in addition to that, you want to do this legitimately, not like just giving some basketball training lessons on the side. You got to know how to run a business, right? You got to study business itself and have a good understanding of what's my revenue, what's my expenses, when are you know, going to be my high months throughout the year, when are going to be some of those months where naturally I don't have as much money coming in because the kids are doing, doing something else or, or they're in school. And you got to understand that and plan appropriately for that. And then you got to, you know, from a business aspect, you got to understand, you know, revenue streams, like what are your different revenue streams that you're bringing, you know, money in and how do you need to allocate the right amount of time invested for what you're, what you're getting back in return. <laughs> it, it's so much bigger than you are a good player. Right? right. And, and to be totally honest with you, I've been around guys that are were way more talented and way better basketball players than I was but I wouldn't necessarily want them to coach my kids because you got to be able to teach, right? Mm. You got to be able to teach the game, which means being able to, I call it my three C's, right? You got to be able to communicate well, you got to be confident in what you do and you got to be competent in what you know. And we talked about the communication a ton already. If you're going to be in my line of work, you got to earn people's trust in a hurry so when you walk into a room you got to exude some type of confidence that makes other people believe in what you're talking about and what you're teaching and understanding that 
what you're doing is not only going to help you an athlete, but hopefully if they're giving the right message, you're going to make a positive impact in their life beyond basketball. And then, especially if I'm working with a lot of high school coaches or high-level players, you guys can smell out a fake real quick, right? Yeah. So I got a short amount of time to show you that I'm competent in what I know, right? At the same time, you got to be humble enough to know what you don't know. And, yeah. and there's a fine line between any coach – regardless of training or anything else in that area. So you got to communicate well. You got to be confident uh, about yourself. You got to have some type of swag and, and presence. And then you got to know what you know. You got to be confident and be able to communicate that skill to the players, the coaches, whoever it is you're working with. Absolutely. Someone asked me recently about the coaching clinics. And, you know, the coaching clinics, I've been very pleased with them. I would like them to grow more and more every year. But my bit of advice when I get a lot of emails about this, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? And I can tell you the steps to do it. But I said, the very first thing, if you're doing it to make money, don't do it. That will come eventually. But if the, if it's profit motive and not relationship, kid base, coach base, all that, it's, you're going to be miserable and it's not going to work out well because anything it's like the four letter word. It takes work. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes organization. It takes some frustrating times. It takes getting a lot of rejection. So, yeah, I think that's a very good point, all aspects of I love your three C's. That's really, really good. I, I love that. I'm going to steal that from you. Please do. Yeah, I um, think – go ahead. Yeah, before uh, – I wanted to talk to you about the website uh, a little bit and talk about – and we've hit on it some, I know, but if you want to be a little more specific about – I've been on it today a good bit – what a player can find is it scaled depending on my skill level you know what if a parent said you know what i'm going to do this and it, are there ways a whole team can sign up for it um because I, I know that a guy like you you're, you're mainly focused in the midwest and in the, in the south but you would love to have uh coaches in california and oregon and all over the country on your website so you can extend your reach so exactly you know what all does your website entail yeah, we have we have players internationally in our program. We got players around the country that are, you know, what I call online members. Um, so that that's a very player skill specific and athletic development uh, focused program. Currently, we have uh, an intermediate level, an advanced skills level. Our intermediate level is more like fifth grades and up, kind of through the JV. It just kind of depends, as we've talked about before. It's not so much about the age range, but about you know, the ability of the player, their, their basketball experience, what they've been exposed to. Right. Uh, and then we have our advanced program, which is, you know, could range from anywhere from uh, a varsity high school player to, you know, we have international players that have it. We got division one players uh, that have it. We got coaches that buy it just because they want the drills. They want all the, the instruction and workouts so they can do them a lot of times with their players in the off season. Um, then they can kind of see how they, any of those drills that they might like during the season. And then, we're working on uh, the Coach's Edge program, which is specifically for coaches uh, that, that will include uh, kind of a bigger scale. So a friend of mine, Coach Troshak, and I are putting together uh, an app and a website that um, gives coaches basically the categories of individual skill development, uh, athletic development, which would be a lot of your off-season, in-season, getting the player to make sure that you can't play great unless you're in great shape, right? Um, and then also a lot of small group games, one-on-one, -on -one, group drills, whether that's practice, off-season, whatever that might be, um, and then breaking down how we can build uh, a program, the program development 
because if you're a coach, your heart's in the right place. You want to build not a good team. You want to build a successful program year in and year out. So helping coaches kind of structure and streamline from their youth basketball level to their junior high level to, to their high school, different losing teams and how they can kind of build their program out uh, throughout the years. Uh, and then the other one is culture, like culture tips, different things that you can do in season and off season. And that also includes a lot of player and coach relationships, a lot of player parent relationships and how, how coaches themselves can kind of work on that. So that's called the coach's edge. That's something that we're, we're coming out with uh, this summer. So once the coach's edge is out, if I'm a player, I'm going to the website, I'm a coach, I'm now going to the app. That's the best avenue for, for learning. Yeah, that'll all, that'll all be available at KramerBasketball.com. There'll be different links that, that you can click to. Um, but if you go to KramerBasketball.com and hit the online training button or member.KramerBasketball.com, we'll take you right to that page. Those are your options as far as looking through our online training programs. It's very player-specific, player development-specific. Uh, and then the additional program that we're coming out with later this summer, um, which is called the Coach's Edge, but there'll be links on my website and also a new website um, that they can use on their computer. You got, they want it on an app. They can log in on an app and be able to, to work with their program from there. That's really good. And obviously we're recording this podcast during the uh, COVID-19 and the quarantine time. And so I can't think of a, a better time to have great online resources than where we are right now. If, if anything we've learned as coaches and educators is we've got to find a, a better way to co- being forced to communicate with our students. And I player players text me often about workouts and drills and things they can do in their driveway. Not all have the basketball goal. You know, they don't have access to the same uh, things. So that, that's really, really good. Um, before we end the podcast, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to ask everybody, Uh, Oh, before we get that, I was going to say one thing I appreciate about you as we're talking is I teach economics and I would have you come speak to the class about being an entrepreneur because that's what you are. Like truly. I've I've spoken on that. I've I've actually spoken to some high school and and, uh, college campus actually this past year on entrepreneurship uh, and starting a business because, you know, especially for me, like I don't have, you know, any coaches listen to go to my social media. I don't have a large social media following. I work really hard on personal relationships. Like that's where I put, put my eggs is, is building positive relationships with people. That's what I'm passionate about anyway. Like if you go to my website on the top, it says faith, passion, service, sacrifice. And, and I, I believe that you got to have a foundation, whether you're a person, a person of faith or, or not, I believe that having some type of foundation makes it easier for everything else that we try to try to do in life. You, know, you talk yeah. about passion. I'm passionate about basketball. I'm passionate with kids, right? And if, if, I, if I want to make a positive impact in their life, I can use basketball as that, that platform, right, to, to teach basketball and to teach life skills. Um, and then the, the big thing that we try to emphasize with all of our athletes is you want to be good at anything, right, is service and sacrifice. Service in many ways uh, because if you're successful but nobody else is, that's not really success, right? People might know your name. Right. But being able to make other people succeed, that's that's where it's at. And a lot of times that means you're not going to get as much as the praise. I do player development. It's not because I want to get recognition. I'm not going to get any recognition for 
the team that I works with that wins the state championship. My name or picture is not going to be not going to be anywhere. Uh, the player that goes on to play pro basketball, I'm not going to be in with them. That's all of them. But that's what I'm passionate about is, is how can I work and make a connect with with those people and the hard work, as you mentioned before. If you want to be different and you want to be successful at anything, you got to give up a lot of things. You got to sacrifice a, a lot of time of what other people are spending normally doing things. You know, when I was a player in the off season, one of my one of my main things I made this deal to myself was in the in the summer. Every Friday night, I was getting an extra workout back in the gym because I knew all the guys that I was going to be playing against overseas that were more talented than I was were probably out partying or doing whatever it was. And when they were doing that, I was getting shots up. And so one, working on my skills probably a little longer than they were. Also, I think it helped me mentally, gave me some, some additional mental, mental toughness. But regardless, you got to be willing to, to sacrifice and if we can get those kind of overlying words, in my opinion, those pillars out to, to people in whatever way, shape, or form that they can learn best from them, I think they can take and run with it in whatever it is that they do. You know, basketball is not that important big big picture, but it's entrepreneurship, doing whatever they're passionate about. You can take those things, those values, and run with it and try to be successful in whatever it is you're doing. Now, I definitely appreciate what you said about sacrifice because a quote I like is, pay the price of discipline or pay the price of reg regret, but you're going to pay a price. So yeah, you can get the extra, quote. extra work in workout in on a Friday night, eat healthier, get that extra 90 minutes of sleep when everyone else is playing video games till two in the morning, all these little, little things just like the book atomic habits, all these little habits will pay off in huge dividends um, down the road. And again, I, I like what you said about service as well, because I think that I was talking to another coach about this, recently we have to look at coaching and teaching even being a teammate it may be harder for a high school kid to grasp at times or a middle school kid but if we look at it in a service attitude then again for me i'm judged on wins and losses and records and all those types of things you're judged on how well did this kid improve who he worked with for four months but if we're going going into it with pouring ourselves into someone else and serving them and and putting that as our main priority i think we'll be more successful in the long run i a matter of fact i know we will be more successful if that's our perspective and not always going home thinking what am i going to get out of it what am i going to get out of it because you'll gain more it's like kids who go on mission trips i used to be at a school a christian school and we would take kids on mission trips to really poor areas in central america and as we're serving others, going to orphanages and doing vacation Bible school and things like that, we were having our cup filled by serving. And I think that's unbelievably important as we work with young people and try to impact this uh, next generation, which led me to my other question before I uh, thought about the entrepreneurship aspect of it. Who were some of the influences in your life that helped make you the man you are today? And what type of legacy do you want to leave with the players and coaches that you work with in this industry? No, those are great, great questions. Um, there's a ton I learned from a basketball standpoint from my high school coaches, my college coaches. I learned a ton internationally, which, which is, was a huge thing for me. I feel like I take a lot of, honestly, what I learned overseas, implementing with the players I work with now, because I think they're probably ahead of us in a lot of ways. I think we've seen that with the development of a lot of international players coming into the NBA 
I feel like I picked up a ton from the coaches and players that, that I was uh, around over there. But as far as is a, an overall influence in my life, it's my dad, hands down my dad. Um, you know, and it goes all the way back to before I could even remember, you know, when my, my dad and my mom got pregnant with me before they were married <laughs> earlier, earlier than planned. Um, and my dad had a decision to make. He'd go play college basketball or he could go back to the school that my mom was, was enrolled at and raised me as a baby. And so he gave up that college dream of playing basketball to, to raise me. He was a full-time college student. He got a full-time job working a third shift as a custodian in a factory working at night so that he and my mom could go to school uh, and raise me. And I'm just like, every time I think things get difficult or I'm trying to you know, feel sorry for myself, I remind myself of, of the sacrifice and, and the love and all that. All that. And so um, as far as having an influence on my life or wanting to make somebody proud, my mom's great. I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, but it's my dad, the influence that he has, the sacrifice that he's made. Uh, it's huge. Absolutely. Boy, that's touching. And you and I both have young uh, children and, you know, 20 years from now, 25 years now, we want them to be saying that about us and our impact and the sacrifices we made as parents as well. And so what type of legacy after you work with a kid or you leave a, you leave a camp, they won't ever see you again, possibly. What do you want people to say about Steve Kramer? Pretty simple. Uh, I want, I want to positively impact people in a way that wants, that makes them positively impact other people. Um, that's great if you can come in and motivate and inspire an individual, which I certainly try to do. But if you can get the ripple effect where I have a positive impact on you and it in your heart makes you want to go out and have a positive impact on somebody else, that's the impact, the, the legacy that I want to try to leave, regardless of basketball. I mean, basketball's got nothing to do with it in the long run. Right. Right, because most of the kids we coach will not play professional basketball or play college basketball. We get this small window to impact them to be a better father, husband, worker, college student, et cetera. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve. It's been a while since we connected at the last clinic. Boy, it's great to have you. And, uh, man, what you do is phenomenal. I'll put all your contacts in the show notes so people can find you and get a hold of you and your website. But thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I know this podcast is going to be a huge success. I enjoy following your clinics and your growth. Best wishes. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. And a big shout out to United Basketball for sharing this podcast interview and allowing me to post it on the Coach's Edge platform. If you have questions, if you want to talk hoop, hit me up, contact at KramerBasketball.com. Hit the Coach's Edge up on Twitter at Coaches Edge One. We have a lot going on, especially during the pandemic digitally that we're working on sharing with coaches to help take their program to the next level. Thanks again and get after today.